Hello, this is Richard Lanford, the red-headed preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie. We are an open and affirming congregation in the United Church of Christ, which basically means whoever you are, wherever you are in life's journey, you are welcome here. This morning's homily is a briefer one, like if you heard last week's at the outro, I promised that. It's a little bit shorter, and it, hopefully it's a bit interesting, because... I'm going to be lifting up a beatitude, which I don't think has been explored very often, and yet might cause some confusion, if not more than confusion, when we hear it. And the beatitude I am keying on is, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And so the sermon title is, It's Good to Be Meek. And the lector this morning is Beth Lanford, my wife. Here we go. And thanks for tuning in. Our Old Testament lesson is Micah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. We often hear verse 8 as a charge, and our confirmation class is required to memorize it. But the whole passage is riveting. The first part is God speaking to Israel. Then the people are represented as asking God uh, what God wants them to offer. The final verse asks that question. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains. Let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised. What Balaam, son of Beor, answered him. And what happened from Shechem to Gilgal that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? <clears throat> Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression? and the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. This ends the reading from the prophet Micah. Our second reading is also our gospel passage. It is Matthew verse. Verse, uh, Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. As I indicated, this is the start of the Sermon on the Mount, featuring the Beatitudes. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will seek God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for all the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before them, the prophets who were before you. Here ends the reading of the Gospel lesson and our scriptures for today's service. May God guide our thinking about these passages as we ponder them during the rest of church and later this week. Thanks be to God for this God's holy word. Our worship continues with an anthem. It will come as no surprise to most of you that on Installation Sunday, I want to bring a message that fits this event. And rather than go through all the various trains of thought that ran through the station of my brain, prompting me to focus on this passage or that verse, and these are great passages, let's just get to the meat of it because this is already going to be a full service. I decided to lead us into our service of installation by offering to all of us here, and including our church officers and our boards of Christian education, trustees, finance, deacons and elders, this biblical truism, it's good to be meek. What? <laughs> You're kidding. When is it ever good to be meek? You know, haven't you wondered what Jesus really meant when he said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth? Inherit the earth? Oh, that's good. After having your teeth kicked in and your arms broken, when the bullies or invading armies are gone, you get to have the scorched or toxic planet Earth. And why on earth is it good for our officers and boards to be meek? In these times of transition and challenge, we need proactive, creative, strong ideas and initiatives. Oh, like those things cannot come from biblically meek people. All right, there we go. Biblically meek people. What Jesus really meant, right? So, okay, just what is that? Can it jive with Micah's declaration that God requires God's people to do justice? Does it fit with Jesus blessing those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Oh, yeah. We want to do what the Lord requires of because it's righteous. It's love in action. If you and I hunger and thirst for what's right, well, that means it's among Maslow's hierarchy of needs. My handy-dandy Oxford annotated study Bible had a footnote for this verse. It pointed me to Psalm 37. So you know what I did? I went to Psalm 37. The meek show up in verse 11, but 
we really have to go to verse 10 for the contrast. It says, yet a little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look diligently for their place, they will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in prosperity. So right away, the meek are not wicked. That right there is a good thing not to be. But just above those, we get a similar couplet. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Ah. So the meek and those who wait for the Lord both will inherit the land. In parallelism, they mean the same thing. So to be meek biblically means to be one of those who wait for the Lord. You wait for God. You give God room to move and you give God time to move. You believe in the sovereignty of God and you do not make a habit of getting ticked off or fretting over much. The psalm has other words to describe those who are not wicked, even if it does not use the word meek again. Those who are not wicked are also called righteous, generous, and giving. So we can spend the whole homily in this, in this psalm, which encourages the faithful to see how God favors and will bless those who walk in God's ways, or, I believe, the meek. But instead of spending the whole homily in this psalm, I will lift up just one more. Depart from evil and do good, so you shall abide forever. For the Lord loves justice. God will not forsake his faithful ones. The righteous shall inherit the land and live in it forever. So it sounds like the meek love justice. They may hunger and thirst for it, but they are not violent about it. Two weeks ago, I lifted up some of the early work and speeches of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. He was about equal justice and human rights, as well as peace and economic justice. His method was creative nonviolence. The local powers that be and authorities with whom he came into interaction, especially in the South, despised him because he would not speak their language, their language of violent confrontation. Instead, King and all with him in the nonviolent, creative nonviolent movement stood their ground during a march or a protest and would not yield. They held their ground and made the police or others move them, arrest them, whatever, and they did not strike back if they were struck or water cannoned or billy clubbed or bitten. Their civil disobedience was a pain in the butt to their opponents, and it took a lot of pain and patience and hope and faith and love for those with King at all. Of course, part of the theory was that when such protest and civil disobedience did spark violent treatment upon the courageous soldiers for justice, and so came forth the dogs and the water cannons and the police clubs and worse, 
The part of the theory was that when that happened, that the horrible, vicious, and violent face of racism would be visible for all to see. The mask had been taken off. In fact, I read that it was when President Kennedy saw on television the preteen young man being bit in his chest by a police dog, an epic image not forgotten, that he was moved to stop equivocating and make a televised address on civil rights as a moral issue for this nation and then send his civil rights bill to Congress, whether it had a chance to pass or not. And he was of the persuasion not to send a bill to Congress unless he thought it was going to pass. To heck with that. Is it too far then to say that those persons and Martin Luther King Jr. were meek? They were nonviolent. They were gentle. But they were also immovable to the best of their ability. They believed and they sang that the Lord will make a way somehow. I think it's fair to consider that their example, along with what I read from Psalm 37, expands what we can mean when we use the word meek. It will be biblical and no longer a pejorative. Now, a fair translation of the word for meek in the Bible is gentle. Thinking of Jesus will recall the phrase, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. That's a picture of Jesus that I admit I love to poke a hole into because Jesus was not exactly passive, not always gentle in his words or deeds. He rattled people's cages, those who needed them rattled. He threw out, we remember, the money changers and the animal sellers, turned the tables upside down, poured out the money, and in John's gospel, he used a whip of cords to chase out the animals from the outermost temple court. So gentle Jesus, meek and mild, was not always gentle and mild when he had righteous anger on God's behalf. But even are even those who usually are, as in gentle, are those who usually are, are they always? Are patient people always patient? Let me share with you the thoughts of Frederick Dale Bruner on this. Uh, Some of you will recognize the name as one of my favorite commentators on the Gospel according to Matthew, thanks to the introduction to his work from my seminary friends, the Reverends Bruce and Carolyn Winfrey Gillette. So Dr. Bruner lifts up the first two Beatitudes, so we're going to do a little context again. He lifts up the first two Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And lifts up the idea of inheriting the earth, as well as being biblically meek. Bruner said, For a third time in the Beatitudes, it appears that Jesus simply picks up the pieces. First to the dependent poor, then to the grief-stricken, and now to the unaggressive, Jesus gives everything. God's kingdom, God's comfort, and God's green earth. Yet everyone else knows that it is the psychically and spiritually self-confident, not the spiritually impoverished, the positive and possibility thinkers, not the mourners, and the dynamically assertive, not the gentle, who really get things, 
and who get things done. The gentle may inherit heaven. Both the entrepreneur and the revolutionary will give the gentle heaven, but not the earth. Yet Jesus gives them the earth. He continued, Jesus himself is the best definition of gentleness, particularly at his trial. Matthew 26 and 27. We do not exactly see weakness there, but we do not see many claims either, and not a great deal of aggression. The overall impression of Jesus on trial is an impression of poise. It is a poise born of not having to assert oneself in order to be strong. In a world threatened by nuclear holocaust macrocosmically and by the destruction of the family microcosmically, the great need of the age, Bruner says, is gentle men and gentle women. The third Beatitudes people are the hope of God's earth. End quote. Poise. Gentlemen. Coupled with holy courage and the peace that passes all understanding, you and I and the church can do what the Lord requires. We can do justice, we can love kindness, and we can walk humbly with our God who gives us the gift of poise, maybe over time, as a consequence of being in the kingdom of Jesus. It's good to have poise. It's good to keep your head while all those about you are losing theirs. It's good to be able to state your case without being a jerk about it and with more than a ribbon of kindness or class. Forget the images of Casper Milk Toast when you hear about the meek. Remember how Christ handled himself at his trial. So yes, when we think biblically, it's good to wait on the Lord. It's good to be on the side of righteousness and not on the side of arrogance, wickedness, or their great friend, violence. It's good to have poise. Even as we tend to our callings at St. Peter's as an officer, member of a board, or otherwise, here or out in the world, living out Micah 6.8, Let us claim that it's good, even blessed, to be biblically meek. Amen. After each podcast, and often at the beginning, I say, thank you so much for listening. I'm not going to change that. I remain appreciative for uh, for you, for listening in, for seeking out the redheaded preacher among your podcasts, and I hope this one uh, was a worthwhile listen for you. I did pick Blessed Are the Meek because I thought, how many sermons do we ever hear about this? Who wants to hear about the meek and how they are blessed? So, uh, next week, we're going to stay either with the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 from 13 through 20, or I might include Isaiah 58, Or I might combine them. They're both on the lectionary schedule for February 9th, which is our next Sunday. So, again, my thanks for listening. 
I hope you'll tune in the next chance you have for the next message. And until then, may God bless you and all of yours. Bye.